you this morning. All of you. Welcome, world. Oh, wow. Uh, well, I hope you are glad that you are here and not in the hospital or <laughs> jail or somewhere else. I sure am glad I'm not at Disney World with all those other people that said they were going. Uh, but anyway, uh, on a very serious note, uh, I do want us to be in prayer for Dale, Dale Carter. Uh, Dale um, had an episode yesterday afternoon that is of a uh, stroke type nature. Uh, he's at USA uh, Medical Center, uh, was evaluated and is still there this morning. They're waiting to hear from the doctor. Uh, Chris, good to see you, buddy. Yeah, sorry to single you out, but glad you're here today. He lives in Georgia, okay? I, uh, don't think if you, come, uh, you miss a Sunday and come back, I'm going to call you out, <laughs> but uh, we're glad you're here. Uh, but anyway, I talked with Faye this morning and uh, said that uh, all of his... Uh, difficulties that he had yesterday have gone and he is back to normal so that is a good sign but want to be in prayer for him uh, and I'm up here because uh, 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 he's got a name Matthew thank you <laughs> Matthew's at home and I hope you're on, watching online and feel good that I can't recall your name uh, but he's home with flu-like symptoms he said talked to him this morning and uh, so we want to be in prayer for him and then, uh, I don't know about you, but I have a real burden for uh, Christians in particular that are in Ukraine. Um, we have some local ties uh, with people in the Ukraine, and uh, this uh, that's going on there involves uh, uh, a lot of people who uh, are part of the kingdom of God, and we want uh, to see the Lord's hand come in protection of God's people in such a way that the secular world, the unbelieving world, can see a difference of what it is to belong to Jesus. So I want to lead us in prayer. Uh, as we uh, start this morning. Father, uh, it is your great amazing grace. And we use the word amazing because we don't have another word. We don't have another superlative to give. Uh, we could just say one after another after another. For Lord, we cannot plumb the depth of the greatness of your grace. It's undeserving. Uh, it's unmerited. If we had a thousand lives to live over again, we could not ever be in uh, a position to deserve your love for us. It is out of your character and your nature, the fact that you are God who is full of grace. And when Jesus came, it was grace upon grace in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you by your sovereign love have extended grace to us and we want to thank you and Lord we do pray for our dear brother who's in the hospital for Faye his wife uh, just ask that uh, you would abundantly supply their every need this very moment in such a way that the comfort of the Holy Spirit the peace that passes all understanding that you have promised will guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. 
And then, Father, for our brothers and sisters, uh, not only in the Ukraine, around the world, but in particular this day, uh, through this uh, aggression that is taking place, through this uh, uh, dictatorial uh, step that has taken place, disrupted peace, uh, sin always does that. We would pray for the protection of your people. Lord, uh, when you do call your children home uh, in times like this, may the unbelieving world see that we grieve not as those who have no hope, for our hope is in Christ. And we ask now your blessing on this day, uh, this service, this hour. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Now when I did turn my news on this morning to find out the weather was what it was going to be like, they said it was Joe Kane Day. For those of you in the South, you know what they're meaning, but I want to declare to you today is the Lord's Day, okay? <laughs> and uh, though there are few of us here, we have come to celebrate and worship Him. If you are a guest, you're new here, uh, there should be a card in front of you in the pew. If you don't mind, take a moment, fill it out, and then put it in the uh, basket offering as you leave. We would appreciate it. I do want us to look at our verse of scripture that we're memorizing. It's uh, Exodus chapter 15 and verse 11. And if you will just repeat it with me, uh, beginning uh, at the beginning. <laughs> who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome and glorious deeds, doing wonders? Exodus 15:11, and uh, we are hiding God's word in our hearts so that we might know him know his will and as the psalmist said so that we might not sin against God so let's continue to sing worship to the Lord expressing our deep devotion to him as you stand together with me worship our God Free, hold me now. 
And I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and
Just a couple of things I want to share with you. One, I want to thank all of you that came and helped last Sunday night. What a tremendous turnout we had as uh, Faith Family is uh, beginning a uh, new ministry uh, with some others uh, to reach out to uh, orphan families and foster families. Uh, we were on top of each other uh, over this place and uh, you guys did such a wonderful job, and uh, it's exciting to see something like that happening. And uh, the fruit that will come from that as we reach out to the whole of Baldwin County uh, in the name of Jesus Christ through that ministry. Uh, also, for many, many years, uh, long before I came here, actually, I, uh, my brother, when... Uh, he was uh, without a pastorate, stayed in our mission house. He and his family did. You guys have had a mission house for uh, a long time. And it has been used in the lives of so many different people. Uh, we've been blessed by the missionaries who've stayed there and come. And uh, it has been time to redo some things. And... Uh, uh, the women's ministry under uh, Brandy Pittard's leadership has taken on that responsibility. Uh, Brandy is practically living over there, uh, uh, helping to uh, renovate it. 
and uh, Ernie and Dale had begun work on that uh, months ago. And uh, we're getting closer to the finish line of getting it in a way, uh, such a condition that you're glad to have somebody come in there and they'll feel like it's at, they're at home. And so on March the 13th, you need to put that on your calendar, March the 13th, after the morning service, we will have a fellowship meal in the, we will not. Okay. Uh, when, read it. I'm, all I've got is this. Read it. Uh, please join us for a housewarming. Come on up here. <laughs> okay, I thought we were having a meal, but I guess I'm wrong on that. And uh, we're, we're having a, f a fellowship uh, a housewarming. Okay. I'm in totally embarrassed. It says from 12 to 2. I guess I should put my glasses on. Well, if you want it told right, you're going to have to get up here. <laughs> or I can continue to make a fool out of myself. <laughs> she said, I don't want to go up there. Matthew was going to do this. Well, he's sick. Come on up here. Stand with me. Yeah, come on. Stand behind, stand behind this. There you go. There'll go. be some light refreshments. It'll be a come and go. So you can come through, have some light refreshments um, right after church, or you can wait and come back. A little, you can go get something to eat and then come back. But you'll be able to walk through and see all the work that um, Dale and Ernie did. And also just kind of we've been just kind of freshening it up and revamping it as far as the decor. And so there's also three registries, Target, Walmart, and and we would love your support in just purchasing even one little thing off the registry would help. Um, okay. And they'll be giving you a little card as you leave today. And it has a CR. They're on the back table. They're on the back table. They're not going to be giving it to you. Uh, on the back table. And it has a little CR code for those of you that are technically savvy. And uh, all you have to do is uh, utilize that. The last thing they told me in staff meeting was we were still having a meal. And we were using the food that was left over from. Uh, and we are going to have barbecue sandwiches. And so, you know. I did not, uh, uh, I did something I'm not supposed to do. See, last Sunday night, we were all working, and uh, in the book of Leviticus, it specifically says about the Levites, the priest, that uh, when it comes to the moving of the furniture of the temple, when you turn 50 years of age, you are not to do it any longer. The younger people are supposed to do it. And so I saw some things that needed to be moved last Sunday night. And instead of getting one of these uh, younger people to move it, I, I did it myself. And I spent two days in bed. And so I missed the last staff meeting when all of this was apparently decided. And uh, so anyway, uh, you have your Bibles. <laughs> Please turn to the book of Isaiah. And uh, maybe uh, I can salvage this hour, okay? Uh, it is amazing that um, how God can, I think, um, 
speak to us when, when we're not really uh, aware of what he's doing, what he's up to. And uh, I've been working on uh, the, the sermon titles and the scriptures out of the book of Isaiah for a couple of months now. And I had picked this particular text uh, for today. And it's Isaiah chapter 14, verses 24 through 27. And what I had no idea, uh, obviously, was, was that uh, Russia would be invading the Ukraine even as we are gathering together for worship. And uh, the topic and the text and the message helps us to put what is going on there in context of what was happening in Isaiah's day. And in doing that, it helps you and I to take the Scripture to be able to put it in the context of the things that are going on in our lives as well. So I think it's timely that you and I are at this particular passage, having this particular word on this particular Lord's day. And uh, for those who are, aren't here today, we're going to encourage that they uh, will come back and listen to the message, not the uh, announcements, <laughs> okay? Uh, but listen to the message and maybe be encouraged by it. So let me read. Uh, the, I gave it the title, God's Just Sovereignty. You could use the word righteous. Uh, we, we talked about God's sovereignty a few weeks ago. And I think you and I need to know that when God, when we mean God is in charge of all things, you and I have to know He is always just and righteous in everything He does. And the text here uh, will help us to be encouraged by that. So I'm just picking up uh, three verses, four verses rather, out of uh, the whole context of chapters 13 and 14 that go together. And in verse 24, and it says, And the Lord of hosts has sworn, sworn, and this is what God says, As I have planned, so shall it be. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. That I will break the Assyrian in my hand, and on my mountains trample him underfoot. And his yoke shall depart from them and his burden from their shoulders. That part refers to the children of God. What's happening is Assyria is coming against Jerusalem. God is going to intervene in their behalf. Verse 26 says, This is the purpose that is purposed concerning, notice his language, not just Jerusalem, but what? The whole earth. And this is the hand that is stretched out over all the nations. For the Lord of hosts has purposed. And who will annul it? His hand is stretched out. And who will turn it back? And the answer is God and God alone is in charge. And let's bow together again for prayer. And Lord, in these few moments that we have together, Lord, help us to 
clearly hear what you're trying to teach us about what's going on in our world today and what goes on every day in the world in which we live uh, globally but also in our little corner of the world our little lives and our families so that we know that you are who you say you are we pray this in Jesus name amen and so it is in the day of Jeremiah uh, pardon me Isaiah there were two superpowers uh, that were present in that part of the world and it was Babylon and Assyria and uh, what God is revealing to us in the book of Isaiah is that he is going to move both of those nations as he wills he's going to move those nations exactly as he wills to accomplish his purposes according to his will and his ways now I did a lot of reading this past week since I was down for two days uh, about uh, God's free uh, man's free will and God's sovereignty I even read from uh, and those of you that study theology I read uh, some things that uh, Charles Finney wrote who would be on the far I'll say left hand side of that subject uh, to uh, uh, Jonathan Edwards and uh, John Calvin who would be on the far right hand side of this and a lot of things in between and uh, one of the things that's so encouraging is that uh, when we come to the scripture the scripture is not unclear <laughs> when we when we read men we come away going well he sounds right on this and she sounds right on that but when we come to God's Word God is so clear and the question in dealing with Assyria and Babylon as God is writing it through Isaiah who could know what was going to happen five years later ten years later fifty years later was Isaiah so smart that he could see this did he have some kind of supernatural power within him that he could somehow call down wisdom from unseen spirits and the answer of course is no it is the eternal God the creator and savior of the world who gave him exactly what God had planned to do and so it, it's exciting to look at scripture and to realize that God already reveals beforehand about what he's going to do God knows what we're going to say before we say it. He knows every thought we are going to think before we think it. And I realize there's a, we're getting close to 8 billion people upon the planet. And you and I begin to go, well, you know, can God really do all of that? And, and that question really reveals that we have a very small view of God. Because God not only knows it 10 seconds before we do it, He knew it before He ever created this world. You and I need to get a whole lot bigger picture of who God really is. He is bigger than the universe. He is bigger than all things. He is the non-created being. 
There was no one who made God. And so Isaiah takes us behind the scenes then by the revelation of God himself to reveal to us what uh, he was commanding in the affairs of kings and leaders and nations. And uh, he goes back to chapter 13 and verse 3. And so uh, I'm not going to pull these verses up. But if you want to just kind of look there in your Bible, you can see that. Uh, so back in chapter 13, he begins to show us the scene behind uh, what was going on in the affairs of kings. In verse 4, he reveals that it is the Lord who actually moves the king to follow his own evil desires and motives uh, and summons him to do what God himself is willing. In verses 9 through 11, he reminds us that it is the Lord who meets out or measures out divine justice against those evil kings. So understand, he, it's as if he's moving the pieces on the chessboard as he wills, but those men are doing what? Exactly what they want to do, but God is using their evil motives and their evil desires to accomplish his eternal glory. And so you can see the hand of God moving in the affairs of man according to what the scripture says. In verses 13 and eight, uh, pardon me, 17 and 18 in chapter 13, it tells us that the evil intents of kings are directed by the Lord even when they fight against each other in accomplishing God's purpose. But each evil king is going to meet the same justice, the same consequence, and the same humiliation for their wicked deeds. Now, why am I saying that? I'm saying, okay, Assyria is being used of God to come and be a judgment or a discipline to the people of God. And you and I would look at that and in our fallen humanity would say, well, that just doesn't make sense to us. Well, it makes good sense to a just and sovereign God because everything God does is good and right and it is just. God's not going to let those kings out of the consequences for what they have done. They're going to pay a price. We're going to see that in just a few minutes. Justice will take place. But in that, God is going to lovingly do what? Discipline his children. Because remember, they have rebelled against God's will. God had said to them, don't make an alliance with them. What'd they do? They did exactly the opposite and went and made an alliance. And God is going to use that alliance to bring judgment on Israel or discipline on Israel just in the same way that God disciplines us. We're reminded in Hebrews chapter 12 that if God doesn't discipline you, it's a proof that what? You don't really belong to him. Because God disciplines every child of his in the same way that you and I would discipline every child that we have. Now, and I do want to remind you that the word discipline that's most often used there in Hebrews 12 
is the word for child training. It's only used one time. It's translated as rip their hide off, okay? Because <laughs> uh, we, we have a misconception of what discipline really looks like. Our culture has had a misconception of it. And it's our flesh. Our flesh would just rather react rather than respond. And the discipline of the Lord is not a reaction. It's a response of God's divine purpose and His grace and His mercy to His people. And so that's what He does for the children of Israel. He uses wicked kings and their armies and their kingdoms to accomplish his purposes for his glory so that his son may be lifted up and exalted among the nations. Now that's the view that you and I need to see of God. You and I need to understand that what is going on on the other side of our world right now is ultimately not man doing what man wants to do, though it is man doing what man wants to do. It is God working out his eternal purposes to bring glory to his son and to call men and women and boys and girls to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you and I can't see it all. Just like Isaiah couldn't see it all in his day. It didn't all happen in his day. But God revealed it to him so that you and I would have the opportunity to look back on it and go, Wow, God is awesome. You say, well, is that really true? Well, you know, I don't know that I've got a good list here. You could probably come up with a whole lot better list than I. But remember Saddam Hussein? Some of you can kind of remember him, that despot. You know what a despot is. It's someone who rules with absolute authority. He puts, the, he puts the thumb on his people like you and I would on an ant. And I don't know if you remember that when he was conquered, do you remember when they found him and how disheveled he was and how fearful and frightened he was, how shameful that moment was, how humiliating that was? There was a moment in time that you and I could look at that man and say, there is no way that such an evil man could come to such an end as that. Yet in the justice of God, God does it. God does that. Let's not lose sight of that. You know, we've got history for a reason, kiddos. <laughs> it's so we can learn from it. And not live just in the present, but learn from the past so that we can understand and comprehend what's going on in the present. Muammar Gaddafi, we could say the same thing. A Joseph Stalin, an Adolf Hitler, a Genghis Khan. How about Herod the Great? You remember he was eaten with worms, the scripture says. A humiliating death to a man who sought to kill the baby son of God. And, and he was so humiliated, God's justice was applied. And we'll look a moment at Nebuchadnezzar, who was a man who found a similar result. 
Uh, I'm still, this is just still the introduction, so I hope you brought your lunch with you today. <clears throat> just kidding. You're supposed to laugh at that. But you know it's not, it's probably true, no. Uh, verses 5 and 6 of chapter 14, uh, they reveal that when dominant powers fall, it is the Lord who brings them down. When superpowers fail, it is God who brings them down. You say, well, yeah, but there was another army. But there was another army that was raised up by the sovereign hand of God. In verses 13 through 17 of chapter 14, it shows that the Lord judges them for their arrogance, their pride, and they will be made an open shame. And then in verse 22 of chapter 14, it tells us that it is the Lord who rises up against them in just judgment. And then finally in these concluding verses, uh, verses 24 through 27, he affirms that he has planned it, just judgment will happen, and no one can stand in his way. That all sounds really, really tough. And you know what came to my mind as I was reading all of this? He's got the whole world in his hands. 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 You know, that was a song that, that came out of the, the, the movement of uh, deep sin, of slavery, and of a people who were oppressed and abused and misused. And out of that, they began to see that in their impoverished state, they had no other hope but to look to the hand of a loving, sovereign God. And they came to that conclusion. And as they were being abused and mistreated and, and uh, were uh, treated in, in, in shackles and in slavery, they used to sing that song as they would pick cotton here in the South. And it's amazing to me. By the way, uh, the second recording of that, uh, ever, the second ever recording of that was at G's Bend, Alabama. Anybody know where G's Bend is? And some of you are going, I have no idea. But a few of you do. It's Wilcox County. Yeah. Back in 1941, they recorded it. So that uh, children and grandchildren of slaves would be the ones that would actually sing the song. I tell you what, they had a view of God that you and I need to have. And it's very simple. It's so simple that even a child can understand that he's got the whole world in his hands. So let me just say a couple of things. Um, you and I need to be reminded that God is sovereign. And we're not talking about in salvation right now. We're talking about in his administrative, in administration of the world in which you and I live is what this text talks about. Psalm 103 verse 19 says, The Lord has established His throne in the heavens and His kingdom rules over all. Psalm 115.3 says, Our God is in the heavens and He does as He pleases. Psalm 33.10 
uh, and 11 says the Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever and the plans of his heart to all generations. Even when God disciplines his children as he does in Isaiah's day. Notice what he says in Isaiah 46. He says, remember this and stand firm and recall it to your mind. Think about this over and over and over again, you transgressors. You who disobeyed the Lord. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand. Amen? We need to hold on to these truths. There are times that you and I look at our world and we think it's falling apart. It's not falling apart. You and I have a loving creator God who is sovereign and is Savior and He's watching out for His children. And He works all things according to the counsel of His will. So the four simple truths out of this text that I want to bring out is number one, that God, God's plan stands. Verse 24. So Isaiah 14, 24. Notice what it says. It's simple. The Lord of hosts has sworn it as I planned it, so shall it be. His plan stands. Who can stop it? No one. Oh, but we have an enemy that walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Oh, yes, he does. He does. He tempts us. He tests us. He bites us. He deceives us. He lies to us. But you and I need to remember God is on our side. And if God be for us, what does it matter who is against us? His eternal purpose will work out. Proverbs uh, 19.21, you, you, you know the verse. It says, many are the plans of the mind of men, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. You know, I, I, may, I may say, well, I'm going to go such and such pla place and do such and such thing. You know, I went with my mother yesterday and we were talking and and when I got ready to leave, she said, I'll see you tomorrow. And then my mother, who can't remember what day it is most of the time, she said, better yet, if the Lord wills, I'll see you tomorrow. Yes! I said, way to go, Mama. Because you and I don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what today holds. But we know the one who holds our days, our times that are in his hand. Job learned it. He said in the 23rd chapter, He, the Lord, is unchangeable. And who can turn him back? What he desires, that he does. He was a man that was who uh, was scraping the sores on his body with broken pieces of pottery. He was in misery, and yet through all of that, he learned that everything that was coming in his life was filtered through the loving hands of a God that was working all things for his good. Number two is God's power is just. 
verse 25. In verse 25 of Isaiah 14, he says, I will break the Assyrian in my hand. Now you got to wait. Hey, hang on just a second. The Assyrians are going to come against Jerusalem. And we're talking about a superpower. We're talking about something similar to what's happening to the Ukraine right now. And this superpower is going to surround the city and they're going to besiege the city and build a rampart up to the doors of Jerusalem and attack. And I got to tell you, there is no way out of that, is there? I mean, how can you? I mean, we're just a small city. And all of these soldiers have come against us. And yet in Isaiah 37, verses 33 through 38, is the text of it. It tells us God's promise in verse 33 is they're not going to shoot an arrow at you. Now wait a minute. You mean this big old army is going to come against us? They've surrounded us. They're going to build a ramp right into our city. And they're not going to shoot an arrow at us? No. And the king is going to return in the same way that he came. Verse 36 says, And the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when the people arose early in the morning, behold, there were all these dead bodies. Could you imagine what kind of emotion you would have on a day like that? I mean, we can't even come close to it, but, but let's just say we were sitting in the eye target of a Category 5 hurricane coming right at us. I mean, coming right, you can imagine that, can't you? I mean, it's, got, it's packing 195 mile an hour winds. There's no way you and I are going to get out of it. And we go to sleep that night, fearful, worried. We'd probably be watching the news the whole time, wouldn't we? And all of a sudden, it dissipates. It's gone. This is exactly what happens in their day. He returns back to his home the same way that he came. The scripture says in verse 37 of that chapter, He lived in Nineveh, and as he was worshiping in the house of his pagan god, two of his sons came in and struck him with a sword and killed him. God is saying to his people, I will watch over you. It doesn't always mean that safety is always his way. But God will in all of that work out his plan. His power is just and every wicked king will be humiliated. Number three, verse 26, God's purpose rules the whole earth. Notice what it says. This is the purpose that is purposed. It's kind of a redundancy, isn't it? Uh, I'm going to run running to the store. I'm going to go fast, fastly to the store. 
this is kind of the way that he's saying. He's saying as God has purposed it, it is, his purpose is purpose. Concerning, and notice this language, the whole earth and all the nations. That is what God is up to. You and I look at the news and we see what's going on in another part of the world. I'm looking at what's China going to do to Taiwan. I don't know. God does. But in the doing of whatever happens, you and I have to know God uses evil people to accomplish his eternal good purposes. Now, if I was a kid and uh, I had somebody bullying me, you know, I might get real mad and get real upset. Hmm? Yeah, because bullying is right or wrong? Wrong! And yet what you and I can't see as a kid or as an adult is that even in those moments of evil that God is shaping His children. He is working in your life to make you, it's it's as if you and I are the soft clay. He is the potter, we're the clay, and we're the soft clay. And the potter takes that clay in his hands and he puts a pressure on it and oftentimes he uses tools, and we know that in pottery it's called a stylus. and puts a pressure on a place and we say, I don't like that. And yet, in the doing of it, he increases the capacity in which you and I might contain the glory of God in our earthly lives on this world. Now, I'm telling you truths that are hard for us to comprehend in our humanity, but they are eternal truths according to the Word of God that you and I must embrace. We need to embrace what God says. We need to be reminded that the Lord's working in past times bring comfort for today, hope for tomorrow. In Deuteronomy uh, chapter 4, verse 33 He's reminding them of the deliverance out of Egypt. He said, did any people, he he told them, go all over the world and ask them of their stories. Okay? Tell them to tell you their stories. Did any people ever hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of the fire just as you've heard him? No. No. Well, I don't know if I really hold on to that. Is that. Did that really happen? Well, who's writing this? It's the people of God writing this. Moses wrote about it because Moses did what? He saw it. He heard the voice of God. The people heard the voice of God and wrote about it. You know, we've got so many naysayers and so many secularists of our day and naturalists of our day that say, oh, those things didn't really happen. Well, you know, we live by the Constitution of the United States of America. How many of you were there when they wrote them? Huh? Do you see how silly that is? Do you see how crazy it is to say, well, I wasn't there. How do I know that that really happened? 
And I got to tell you, you know, and living in the day in which we live when there's so much false information that's being given out, no wonder we're skeptical about everything. We have an eternal word from God that was written over hundreds of years by more than 50 different human individuals through the sovereign hand of the Holy Spirit of God. And it is eternal in its nature. These are the ancient words of God. He asked the question in verse 34, Has any God ever attempted to go and take a nation for himself from the midst of another nation by trials, by signs, by wonders, by war, by a mighty hand, an outstretched arm, and by the great deeds of terror, all of which the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes? You and I need to say, wait a minute. i got to quit listening to what they're saying on PBS. i got to quit. You know, those, those things that come out and they deny, oh, they deny all of what we're talking about here. And yet God's word reveals it to be true. And there's a witness in the heart of every believer that says, I know that's true. Embrace it. And then lastly, notice it says in verse 27, God's palm will not be altered by anyone. And I use the word palm because it is the word hand. Notice what it says. For the Lord of hosts has purposed it. Who will annul it? His hand is stretched out and who will turn it back? Isn't there something very tender about hearing the palm of God. The palm of God. The hand of God reaching out. Help. Lord I'm in trouble. I don't understand. This doesn't make sense to me. Why is this happening? And the palm of God. Will not be altered. He, it won't be altered by anyone. And I want to close with this illustration of Nebuchadnezzar. You know the story of Nebuchadnezzar. He can Chapter, in Daniel chapter 4, he said, uh, is this not the great Babylon that I have created? You know, I, I've made this great nation. I've done a great job. All glory be to me. God tells him, you're going to be driven out of here. And you're going to be like a beast of the field. You're going to eat grass like an ox. Seven years are going to pass by. And you will then know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he wills. You're going to learn that. Did that really happen? I, I, you know, I know it's hard to believe I took anything academic after all the mistakes I've made this morning. <laughs> but uh, when I was in seminary uh, more than 40 years ago, I took Aramaic, uh, which was, uh, there's only few parts of the scripture that are in Aramaic and, and part of it is here in Daniel. And uh, we, had, we had studied the words, we had uh, learned the grammar, we had been able to parse and uh, verbs and decline the nouns and know the parts of speech. And so when it came to my final exam, uh, that's what we were given. We were given a portion of Aramaic that we had never translated before in class. And that was our final exam. It was there and it was said, you've got you to translate it. You've got to tell all the parts of speech. You've got to tell the grammar of it. The da, 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 da. And I sat there for two hours and cried. <laughs> Do you know why I cried? For what I'm about to read you. 
because this is what we translated. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven. And my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High. And I praised and I honored Him who lives forever. For His dominion is an everlasting dominion. And His kingdom endures from generation to generation, and all the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing. We're talking about Putin. He does according to His will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth and no one can stay His hand or say to Him, What have you done? So I, Nebuchadnezzar, it won't be on the screen, I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven for all his works are right and his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. So God is just in his sovereignty. And you and I know that God works all things for good. To those who are called according to his purpose those who have come into a loving relationship with Him. And you and I can hang on to the promise right now, what Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Today's the 27th of February. When I called my mother this morning to tell her it was the date, as soon as I said the date, she said, this is Ronnie, my brother's birthday. Ronnie died two years ago on the 31st of January. And uh, my mother began to cry. And she said, oh, I wish I could have him back. I said, Mama, don't you remember what Ronnie was going through? He was so sick. He was pushing himself so hard to help take care of you. Janet and I were taking him to the doctor, to the ER, just about every week. He was in such misery and pain. His kidneys had failed. His heart was failing. He could barely breathe. He was in such misery. And six years early, he had come into a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ through faith. I said, you don't want him back. You want him right where he is. Don't look on the temporal side of things. Look on the eternal side of things. And my mother on the other side of the line, she said, Oh God, forgive me for looking through my eyes. Help me to see with my heart. Thank you, Jesus. If you're in Christ Jesus today, that is your hope for now and for tomorrow. If it's not, you have no hope. The sovereign God will bring justice unless you bend the knee to the cross of Calvary and to the Son of God who died for you. There will be just 
judgment that will come. And God will be right in what he does. So I implore you, I plead with you, I encourage you, bow your heart, bow your life, bow your will to the sovereign one and say, Jesus is my Lord. And so, Father, we come thanking you for these eternal truths that will not change. It won't change, Lord. I know that we've become concerned and worried about gas prices and what's going to happen with food prices and, and our retirement money, and yet people are dying on the other side of the planet because of what's going on. And it is only through your promise of your word that we have hope and assurance and confidence that the one who has begun a good work in us will complete it until that day of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray with those early saints yet again, even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. But until you return, Father, grant us that vision that Isaiah had, that vision that the Holy Spirit gives us through the Word of God to know that you are working all things according to the counsel of your will. No one can withstand your hand. And Lord, we love you for it. We thank you for it. We worship you for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.